So we're here at Marshall's with Liz for some holiday shopping. She's really nailing it this year, isn't she? Oh, yep. She's got a record player for Amy. A gorgeous cozy sweater for Jason. And some hot pink fluffy slippers for her sister. The perfect gift. Wait a sec. <gasps> She's getting a pair for herself. Well, with prices this good, it would be rude not to. You know what? She totally deserves it. Oh, totally. Happy holidays, everyone. See you at Marshall's. Fabulous brands. Feel good prices at, at Marshall's. Marshall's. Hi, this is Jay Billis of ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter all over Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, Deezer, iHeartMedia, Amazon Music, you name it. Go ahead and download, subscribe, leave feedback and a five-star review, all a part of the Brawl Network. Get me on Twitter, at Mike L Sports and at Network Brawl. Go ahead and check out all the incredible platforms, the teams, the content, the hosts, a really talented group of people over at the Brawl Network. We are brought to you by Liverpool Physical Therapy, Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare, Rosie's Corner, and our good friends at Stanley Law Offices. Together, they'll work to get you the maximum award. Go ahead and log on to stanleylawoffices.com, stanleylawoffices.com. It's a treat to talk some Jets football, AFC East, free agency, the draft, uh, in the upcoming 2021 season as well with a good pal of mine who does a hell of a job covering the New York Jets and uh, all the aforementioned things on uh, his Play Like a Jet platform. You can follow him on Twitter at Play Like a Jet, the number one. He is the host and producer of the daily Play Like a Jet podcast and the co-founder of PlayLikeAJet.com. Scott Mason, how are you, bud? Welcome in. Hey, Mike. What's up, buddy? Let's start with Sam Darnold. What's next for Sam Darnold? Uh, hopefully a new team. That's what it seems like anyway. Anything's possible. I know they haven't made a quote-unquote final decision, but if you read the tea leaves, it looks like it's most likely that they're going to draft somebody in April, the buzz is heavy around Zach Wilson, the BYU quarterback. Anything's possible, though, in terms of whether they pivot to a different quarterback or not. But it appears that they're going to deal Donald. Joe Douglas has taken phone calls. There's apparently been offers made. He's told teams to wait till after pro days, which is this week. So we'll see exactly how this goes down. I wouldn't completely rule Donald out being the quarterback next year, but I would say the odds are not great right now. I would say most likely he's on the move. Give me a reason you want him back and a reason you don't want him back. Just if I had to pick a reason I'd want him back, it's that he's still young and you would think that with a new coaching staff, maybe they can get out of him something close to what we were hoping for when he was drafted number three in 2018. As far as why I don't want him back, I mean, that's a much longer list. But I'll <laughs> say this much, I'll say this much though. Uh, after three years, I just have not seen enough for me to believe that he's the guy. And when you have the opportunity to pick number two, look, it's different if they had the 15th pick, if they were, say, the Patriots, right? Then you say, well, they don't really have a high enough pick to get a impact starter so stick with Donald roll the dice see what you got and if he doesn't perform he walks at the end of the year and then you go and try and find somebody else next year but you're in a position to get a new guy when Donald's in the last year of that rookie deal and as I said he just hasn't shown you enough to believe that he's the guy if you look at history after three seasons 
players that have done this little at the quarterback position and have gone on to be really good are basically non-existent. Even Drew Brees was better at this point in his career, and Alex Smith is the closest parallel, but Smith isn't even really more than an average starter. So I would say that moving on from him is a prudent decision for that reason and many others. Give me a grade on the free agency so far, Scott, with this Jet team. They've been pretty active here, right, and maybe a little ways to go before the draft. Uh, how about a grade and kind of your assessment here with this club? I mostly like what they've done. I'd say a B-plus is probably a fair grade. Yeah. You could, you might be able to twist my arm into an A-minus, but I'd say B-plus. Look, they needed playmakers, and they needed uh, an edge rusher badly. They went out and they got Carl Lawson, who I think you can make the case was the best edge rusher on the market because I'm not counting Shaq Barrett, who everybody sort of knew was going back to Tampa. Uh, Corey Davis, they really wanted him. He was their number one target, and I think he'll add an, another element to the passing game. They weren't able to upgrade the interior offensive line. I can't really kill them for that, though, because the only real major upgrade available was Joe Tooney, and he went to the Chiefs for a really good amount of money, and obviously if the money's even close, he's going to go to the Kansas City Chiefs for his chance to win a Super Bowl. I would have liked to have seen them do a little bit more at linebacker. The only player they have there that's proven is C.J. Mosley, and he hasn't played in two years, really. And I would like to see them go and get a corner. Steven Nelson, as we speak, is available. I know that for a fact that he wants to play for the Jets. He would probably be available on a fairly reasonable deal. He was due to make $8.25 million before the Steelers released him. So if they could get Nelson, I would probably bump this up to an A- minus or an A. But I think overall they filled a fair amount of needs. Sheldon Rankins comes in. He'll help really make that defensive line an even greater force. Uh, but I think now they head into the trap at this moment, desperately needing a cornerback, and they could really use a, a interior offensive lineman and uh, an inside linebacker. So they haven't filled everything, but they've done a pretty good job, so I'll give them a B-plus. Scott Mason with us on the ML Sports Platter. He's the host and producer of the Daily Play Like a Jet podcast on Twitter, at Play Like a Jet, the number one. Make sure you go follow him as well, playlikeajet.com, co-founder. Great content on the website. Um, this recent Deshaun Watson stuff, um, with who you've talked to, how has it impacted, if at all, the New York Jets and their direction, Darnold, the front office, weapons you may acquire in the draft or free agency? How is this recent Watson, because, you know, he's been rumored to go obviously a million different places, the Jets being one of them, and the Jets have a lot of capital in the draft. Watson, Jets, how do they line up? How, how is it affected? Before all of this stuff, I would have said that the Jets were probably one of the front runners. It was going to come down to what the price was, but I thought that the fact that the Jets had the number two overall pick was going to be a huge factor because they would be the only team that could offer Houston the opportunity to draft the replacement of their choice for Watson immediately. And then they have a ton of draft capital over the next couple of years, so they could have offered that number two pick and a variety of other picks and still had real, relatively normal drafts because of the trade they made with this. I think the problem becomes nobody really knows what's going on with this. We haven't seen all the evidence. We just know claims have been made. 
But much like Lael Collins in the draft a couple of years ago where there were allegations flying around and he has to be ruled out as a suspect, no team is going to be able to justify giving up the type of draft capital and assets that it would require to get a player of Watson's stature without him having this cleared up first. So I can't see any way this gets cleared up before the draft. And with that being the case, I suspect that the Jets are going to move on and pick a quarterback at number two. And after that, they'll use their assets accordingly on other players to surround that quarterback, and that'll take them out. And I think a lot of other teams, that'll probably be the case. If Watson gets traded now, it's probably not going to happen until after the draft, whether that's in the summer, whether that's at the trade deadline, whether that's next season. So I think this probably takes the Jets out of the running for Watson simply because there's no way that they can trade the type of draft picks and players that Houston will want for him before the draft because if this thing blows up, then the Jets are going to be in a position where they traded so much for a guy that could end up in real hot water with the league and perhaps even beyond that. So I just think that this bevy of allegations, fairly or unfairly, we'll find out because obviously nobody knows for sure. I think that's going to take the Jets out of the running here. Every fan base in sports, Scott, as you know, it's usually never enough for the majority, right? Every fan base wants more, whatever level they're at. A team's three and thirteen. They want great draft picks. They want to get better. They go six and ten. Maybe a narrative changed along the way. Oh, we should have been in the playoffs. Eight and eight, ten and six. What? Okay. You win a Super Bowl. You want another one. <laughs> so it doesn't matter what level the majority of fans are at. Most fan bases, uh, most fans inside fan bases, college, pro, etc. They they always chomp at more. They always want more satisfaction. Very hard to 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 achieve. Having said that. Where do you think realistic Jet fans are, and you included here, in terms of 2021, 2022, you know, 2012, let's say three years, where do the, where do the Jets need to be record, performance, uh, competition with opponents, you know, different moves that are maybe made uh, in, inside the walls, you know, you can tell things are changing a little bit. What's the realistic, there it is, here, here, here's my ceiling here, ceiling here, ceiling here, as we go on for the realistic Jet fans? I think my co-founder Chris Walker at playlikeajet.com and also Luke Grant, who does phenomenal work at playlikeajet.com as well, made a great point. 2021 is a year where the main thing you want is to see the beginning of something that could be really good. So, for example, if the Jets are able to get a new quarterback, or if they keep Sam Darnold, either way, and let's say they get the new quarterback and that new quarterback plays really well, the way that Burrow played before he got hurt, or even better, the way that Justin Herbert played this past year with the Chargers, right? And, you know, if they keep Darnold, if he starts to play more like the player that the Jet fans thought they were getting when he was drafted in 2018. And then beyond that, if you start to see real improvement 
pieces that are really making a difference, especially in the draft. If you start to see players step up and this team starts to gel and you see that maybe they don't win a ton, maybe they win six, seven games, but that the team is headed in the right direction. The main goal here is can you be a playoff team by 2022? If you can do it in 2021 because of the easy schedule, because of the seventh team in the playoffs, and because maybe a few things go your way that you're not expecting, then great. But I think 2022 is the year that you're looking at, where if you have that rookie quarterback, he starts to make that leap in year number two. Or if it's Darnold, he continues the progress he made in year number four. And some of the guys that you drafted this past year's rookies, and the guys before that, guys like Denzel Mims start to really round out, and Quentin Williams continues to knock on wood, turn into a budding superstar. I think that's really where the realistic expectations are. Can they be a fun, reasonably competitive football team in 2021? And can they be, and can they be a potential playoff team in 2022? If they can do that, then I think that's where the arrow is pointing up. And, and most realistic Jets fans, heads are probably there because I don't think most fans expect the playoffs in 2021. I think they figure if it happens by the grace of God, great. But if they can just provide entertaining, competitive football on Sundays in 2021 and be ready for a playoff run in 2022, that would be where everybody would say, okay, this is heading in the right direction. What do you like most about Robert Sala? I really like the fact that Robert Sala seems to understand that his job is not to be the defensive coordinator. Hmm. And that's something that has been a big problem for coaches that have come in here for the Jets. And you've seen it all over the place, not just the Jets. Guys that come in as coordinators on the offensive or defensive side of the ball and think that their job is to be head coach of that particular side of the ball. It didn't work with Adam Gates. It had a little more success with Rex Ryan, but still ultimately failed as it did in Buffalo when he went there. It didn't work for Todd Bowles. You could go down the line with all the coaches that have had issues with that. But Robert Sallow, the way he put together the staff, and particularly the fact that he brought in Jeff Ulbrich to be his defensive coordinator and immediately said that Ulbrich will be running the plays. And, and I like that because... Ulbrich is somebody who did really well in Atlanta, and he and Salah know each other, and they are on the same page in terms of what Salah wants for the defense, but Salah is going to let Ulbrich do it his way. I'm sure he'll oversee it the way he'll oversee everything else, but he trusts the guys around him to do the jobs that they've been hired to do. And there's a, a video clip that was out there of Salah talking at a coaching symposium before he retired, back when he was on the 49ers. And he talked about how the staff should complete you. In other words, he doesn't want 15 guys on his staff or 30 or 40 guys on his staff that can do what he does. Because he does things that other coaches can't do, but there are other coaches that can do things that he's not good at, that can shore up his weaknesses. And that's what he was looking for. He wanted to hire a staff of guys that he knew he could work with, that he could trust, that he could rely on, but a lot of guys that, in addition to understanding his vision, knew how to do their own jobs to the best of their ability and that Salah could trust to take his foot off the gas, so to speak, 
and let them do what they're hired to do. So I really like that. I like his intensity. I like the fact that the players seem to respond to him. And that he's a guy that's fiery, but he's not the type of guy that'll get in your face and scream and tell you you suck, which sometimes works. You know, Bill Parcells, occasionally that worked for him. But he's more of a guy that'll pull you aside and say, look, you're, what, what's, what you're doing isn't working. I see what you're trying to do, but let's work together on this and fix this and make you a better player and make us a more successful team. So overall, I like that approach. Will it work for him as a head coach? We'll see. But he has all the makings of a good head coach. Now we just got to see him put it into action. Yeah, I like Saylor a lot. I mean, at least, you know, so far. I mean, he seems like a good communicator. They obviously need some discipline in there. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you hear the word culture thrown around all the time in the NFL. Perhaps uh, he, he can help with that. Uh, whether you think it's underrated or, or overrated, there is at least a, a small piece of it that is that, that is important inside the walls. So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, a couple more for Scott Mason, Play Like a Jet podcast host, uh, covering the Jets, the AFC East, and the NFL in general. Host and producer, get him on Twitter, at Play Like a Jet, the number one, and playlikeajet.com. Terrific content across the board. A couple more on the division, I'll let you skedaddle. Can the Bills sustain success? Can the Bills sustain success? It's an interesting question. Honestly, I think that mostly comes down to Josh Allen. If Josh Allen can continue to play the way that he did last year, then I think that we've already seen enough from McDermott and from Bean to know that they can build a roster and they can coach up the talent. I like most of what they did in the offseason. We'll see what they do in the draft, but the question is Allen. Was year three an outlier? And there are some metrics that indicate that maybe he got lucky a little bit uh, in some of the passes that he made that could have been interceptable. Or was it the breakout season that, that we all think that it may have been? If Josh Allen continues to be a top 10 quarterback and continues to play at the level he played at in 2020, I see no reason why the Bills can't sustain success. If Let's put it this way, Mike. If Josh Allen is anywhere close to what he was last year, the Bills are the runaway odds on favor for the division. Outside of the Bills, with, with the Patriots and the Dolphins, um, which team, if you had to pick one, scares you the most from a Jets perspective? Uh, this offseason and beyond? So, inside the division or outside the division? In in the division, Patriots, Dolphins, as far as that second threat after Buffalo to the Jets, just Ah. between those two teams, which team team do you fear more, I guess, coming from a Jets Jets standpoint? I love the blatant disrespect for the Patriots. Phenomenal. After 20 years, they deserve it, too. (laughs) I would say... The Bills are definitely the scarier team for a couple of reasons. Number one, McDermott and Bean have really. I know the Bills. I know the Bills are the best team. I'm asking you, Patriots versus Dolphins only. Out of those two teams, which oh, okay. one? I'm which sorry. one scares you the most from a Mi- Jets perspective? Mi- sorry about that. Misheard you, Mike. Um, I would say that I'm probably more nervous about the Patriots, and the only reason is because I think anytime you have Belichick running things, you know he's up to some sneaky business, (laughs) and I suspect, and I could be wrong, I suspect that a big 
part of the reason he spent so big in the offseason was to give himself the flexibility to make a big move in the draft to go up and get a quarterback. We'll see if that ends up being the case. But I think with the Dolphins, I like a lot of what they've done. But at the same time, what's the deal with Tua? Are they rolling with him? If they are, is he the guy? If he's not the guy, what's going to happen there? Because there are some nice pieces there, but I'm not sure about them over the next couple of years unless I see what they're getting out of the quarterback position. So I would say the Patriots make me more nervous just because any team coached by Belichick, I'm going to just assume that they're going to pull something out of their hat. Listen, last year they were 7-9 and nine with a horrible roster. So you got to figure now with a much easier schedule and the possibility of trading up in the draft or even getting a new quarterback at 15 and all these guys they just brought in, they're going to be frisky. Before I let you run... Tom Brady wins another Super Bowl. I mean, can you believe this freaking guy? <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you something, Mike. True story, and I'm not saying oh. this after the fact. I actually picked the Bucks to go to the Super Bowl. You weren't alone. You were not alone. Yeah, I, I'll tell you why. And, and this is the interesting thing. So I have a friend of mine who is a big Bucks fan, and when they signed Brady, he said, I don't like it. It feels like... A money grab, a oh, really? short-term fix. Oh. And I said, listen, Brady is still really good. I watched him with the Patriots last year, and he was much better than people realize if you go back and look at the film. The Bucks have a really good roster. I said, the key here is there's no preseason, and Brady has a limited time to practice with these guys. It's going to take a while, and he's got a lot of people to work in. But once he figures out how to work everybody in and distribute the ball, that's when the Bucks are going to be really scary. And I don't remember exactly which game it was. I think it was around week 13 or week 14. I didn't even see that particular game. But I looked at the box score, and I saw the distribution between the wide receivers. And I texted my friend, and I said, he's got this now. The NFC is in a lot of trouble. And that turned out to be exactly what happened, because once he figured out how to spread the ball around, get his timing with guys like Godwin and Evans in addition to the guys he already knew, Antonio Brown and Gronk, and even guys like Scotty Miller. Once that happened, you looked at the rest of the roster, and this was a dangerous team, and you knew that they could go all the way to the Super Bowl. Now, I wasn't convinced they, they were going to win, but I, I had them as the odds-on favorite the whole way to go to the Super Bowl. So I'm not surprised, honestly, and – you know, you and I, Mike, we've watched Tom Brady terrorize our favorite teams for the last 20 years. So I was actually rooting for Brady because, A, I was enjoying watching him do it to somebody else, and B, I love the schadenfreude of the Patriots fans being miserable because even though they were rooting for Brady, they were so upset that Belichick messed up by not finding a way to keep Brady or not coming up with a succession plan and, oh, the Patriots are a mess. They were 7-9. and nine. I couldn't have enjoyed listening to Boston Sports Talk Radio more the few days after the Super Bowl. So I wasn't surprised, and I absolutely enjoyed Brady winning it. Scott Mason, unbelievable to have you back, man. Playlikeajet.com, the website. He's the host and producer 
of the terrific daily Play Like a Jet podcast on major platforms including Apple, Spotify, Google. You know what to do. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review, and follow him on Twitter at Play Like a Jet, the number one. Scott, thank you, sir. Mike, always a pleasure. Anytime you want me to come on, more than happy to do it. And I'm looking forward to having you on Play Like a Jet as we get closer to the football season. I would just like to tell everybody that's listening to this, if you can, uh, check out the podcast everywhere we can download podcasts. It's seven days a week. And also plenty of content at playlikeajet.com as well. What's interesting about the New York Jets in the free agency world is that, you know, I think Scott, I mean, obviously I think Scott does an amazing job. I think he hit it right on the nail squarely on the head. I mean, he just, he, he, he pounded that thing right down. He hit the nail on the head because he explained the playmaker thing and they did need playmakers on both sides of the ball. There's no question. But I think one of the top five, maybe three free agent, if you want to create your, you know, splash, that word that we used, splash gets used now more than any word, right? But if you had to use like, hey, what are your top three, top five, top ten splashes of free agency as we record this, I got to tell, I got to tell you, I, I, I'm terrified as a Bills fan of Carl Lawson. I'm terrified. The Jets pass rush needs some of that old, I mean, I'm sorry, but it was it was like this under Rex Ryan, that old, ferocious, physical, yet crazy, freakish, athletic ability to do anything at the line of scrimmage. Rex Ryan, that was a big-time staple of his, because once he had that going, then the linebackers could sort of, you know, uh, uh, improvise. The secondary, obviously, they weren't on an island as much. Uh, Carl Lawson... Man, I, you know, I wanted the Bills to get him. Obviously, the money probably didn't work out for them. But the Jets, more cap room, ton of draft capital. Uh, and that's the thing that happens. I mean, the Bills, you know, built this foundation, um, you know, with, with, with all their guys now. They're going to bring the band back together, which, again, I'm, I'm totally in. I'm a fan of it. Um, but when you do that and when you eventually have to pay your quarterback, and it's it, it's it can be a good thing, it can be a bad thing because you have to pay him and then, then you can't pay a lot of other guys. Uh, you look at what, what's happened to Seattle, for example. Um, but it's a good thing because you know you have the quarterback. So it's, you know, I mean, you're constantly playing tug-of-war with, with, with both sides. With that, when you don't have as much money as other teams in your division, they're chasing you and they're going out and getting big-time players. Now, the Bills had big, big-time players not even really hit free agency, and the Bills basically made signings by re-signing guys. They made splashes with their own players, right? I mean, you bring back Darrell Williams, you bring back, uh, uh, you bring back Isaiah McKenzie, you bring back uh, obviously Matt Milano. Uh, you know, you you bring back Feliciano on the offensive line. I think their best, most versatile. Uh, Deion Dawkins might be the best lineman, but the most versatile lineman is Feliciano. I think by by miles in terms of being able to play uh, multiple positions, including center if Mitch Morse goes down. But the Jets agreeing to terms with, with, with Carl Lawson and bringing him in to terrorize the AFC East and and you know continue to, to, to terrorize the AFC and the rest of the league, which he did in Cincinnati, I, I think that signing was... That, that was a great signing for the Jets. 
it, it's really terrific. And Robert Sale, I think, he reminded me a little bit in the press conference of some of these other guys who have come in and, and kind of established some footing. No BS, honest, here it is, hit it kind of guy. Um, understands things, communicates things, um, isn't going to try to do too much, uh, isn't going to be the wild CEO, uh, isn't going to get in the GM's face, um, isn't going to try to uh, control the defense. It's going to be fascinating to see what happens with this New York Jet football team. But but Salah seems to be so far, I think, a pretty good hire. Um, again, you got to play the games, you got to win. It's New York. It's a tough market. Um, the fans are sick of the the, the the garbage that has gone on, right? Um, but he seems to be McDermott from a personality standpoint, communication standpoint, McDermott, Vrabel, Tomlin, you know, those types of, maybe a little bit of Frank Reich, you know, those types of guys. I think a little bit of Matt Rule in Carolina too, right? Uh, maybe a, a little bit of, like a splash of Sean Payton. Uh, but again, you got to win. And, and we'll see what happens. You know, little Ron Rivera, those type of guys. So great to have Scott Mason on, though. He does an amazing job covering the Jets in the NFL uh, for the Play Like a Jet platform. Go get him on Twitter, at PlayLikeAJet, the number one, PlayLikeAJet.com, the terrific host and producer of the daily Play Like a Jet podcast. I'm Mike Lindsley. Thanks for listening to the ML Sports Platter. Don't forget, by the way, baseball fans, go ahead and visit PinstripePassion.com for all of your Yankee and baseball content. I've got videos rolling on there. I've got a Yankee season preview. I do by the numbers with some fun stats of Yankee greats from the past and much, much more. So go ahead and visit PinstripePassion.com. And while you're there, you can also click the interview page and hear past interviews with, as I go click on the website, as the famous John Sterling calls from uh, way back in the day when I got those sent to me from New York City uh, and the friends at WCBS when um, they had the rights to the Yanks. But you can go to this website uh, and, and click on interviews, staff, that's just me, and my buddy Rocco taking photos for me. Uh, media, you know, uh, the Ball 9 link is up there for the Ball 9 guys, but uh, go ahead and, uh, and get on there right now uh, and uh, and check it out. I've got Cal Ripken Jr. up there. I've got old interviews with Ron Guidry, with Bob Shepard, Daryl Strawberry, Doc Gooden, Whitey Ford, Tim Raines, Jim Layeritz, you name it, Bob Euchre. They're all on there, so go ahead and visit pinstripepassion.com for MLB and Yankee content. We are brought to you by our good friends at Rosie's Corner, pizza, pasta, hot and cold subs, and more. Make sure you go ahead and get over to Rosie's Corner. They've got Fish Friday, Meatloaf Monday, a lot of great themed food days uh, as well, and you can grab pizza and wings for all of the March basketball as well. Jason, Jody, and the gang doing a great job. If you're in and around Central New York, they're right on Route 11 in front of the Burton Bridge. It's right off the Bartell Road exit. Super easy to get to. Rosie's Corner, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. A tip of the cap thank you as well to Axe Exotic Pets, Sit Means Sit Syracuse, and Camillus Golf Club. I'm on Twitter at Mike L Sports. The ML Sports Platter is a part of the Brawl Network, and as I always tell you, Enjoy the games. I'm not saying you have to love football. We all have different likes and dislikes, people. Personally, I'm not a fan of the avocado. I just don't like the mouth feel. But, but if you're someone who loves football, I mean truly loves it well, my sportsbook app might be the greatest thing that has ever happened to you. 
Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat on confidential and toll-free helpline at 1-888-532-3500. Lowe's Provember event is happening now through November 24th. It's the perfect time to shop GE appliances for all your properties, like the GE side-by-side refrigerator and the GE dishwasher with active flood protect. Durable and reliable, you can always count on GE to deliver the long-lasting performance you're looking for. Available today, shop the full line of GE appliances online or in-store during Lowe's Provember event, now through November 24th. Lowe's, the new home for pros, U.S. only. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.